From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Just two weeks after the first injection was delivered, Australia's COVID-19 vaccination rollout is already behind schedule. But while the headlines have focused on issues with vaccine supply and delivery, there are much deeper problems that risk slowing things down even further. Today, national correspondent for the Saturday paper, Mike Seckham, on the challenges to the federal government's vaccination plan and what's at stake if we don't get it right. So, Mike, the vaccine rollout has finally begun. Tell me about it. Well, Australia's vaccine plan is officially up and running. Well, welcome, everybody, to the uh, Castle Hill Medical Centre. Uh, Today marks the commencement of Australia's national COVID-19 vaccination program. And as of the end of last week, 30,000 Australians had received the first dose of vaccine. That was the Pfizer vaccine. And they were primarily frontline workers and older Australians in high-risk categories. Australians have stood shoulder to shoulder over the course of the last year, and now they are putting their shoulders to the job. So that's a start. 30,000 is a start. But it's actually around half what the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, and the Health Minister, Greg Hunt, said would be vaccinated at this point when they unveiled the details of their vaccination plan a a couple of weeks ago. Over the course of this week, we hope to see over 60,000 vaccinations, 240 different aged care centres, 190 towns and suburbs around... Hunt told reporters that over the course of the first week of the rollout, he hoped to see 60,000 vaccinations across 240 different aged care centres, 190 towns and suburbs around the country. And this was the key to Morrison's plan. He said we were on track to see the whole population vaccinated by October. Uh, but uh, this is about getting through the whole population. We said we'd get there by October, and uh, that's we're on track. So um, that's their goal, and it's a goal that has been described by experts I spoke to as very, 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 three varies, ambitious, based on how slowly things are going so far and on the basis of some of the teething issues that we've experienced. Okay, so let's dig down into some of this. The plan, which is only in the very early stages of being rolled out at this stage, is already falling behind. So what is it that's slowing us down? What are some of those teething issues? Well, let me enumerate a couple. Two days after Morrison and Hunt held their press conference, two residents in a Brisbane aged care home, aged 88 and 94, were given four times the approved dose of the Pfizer vaccine. And and that was administered to them by a doctor who had not been properly trained. The doctor was stood down and subsequently so was the chief executive of Healthcare Australia, which is the company that failed to ensure the doctor was trained. And and the CEO stood down um, because the government was initially misled about his training. Days after that, another private company contracted to help with the rollout, Aspen Medical, revealed that 25 vials of the Pfizer vaccine had to be thrown away on suspicion that they hadn't been correctly refrigerated. So that was another one. Now, you could say these are human errors, but there's a much bigger problem here too, and that goes to a lack of clear communication between different levels of government and between government contractors and between officials and and frontline medical staff. And that's a crucial problem because um, the vaccine plan relies on the federal government, which is responsible for procuring the vaccine, 
working closely with everyone else who is responsible for delivering it. And it seems there may be some glitches in that process. Okay, so tell me more about that. What is it exactly that's going wrong in this junction between procuring the vaccine, which is the federal government's responsibility, and actually administering the vaccine, which falls to the states? Well, on Monday last week, the New South Wales Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, publicly at a, at a media conference complained about lack of federal government communication. We would like to know as soon as possible how many doses New South Wales is receiving. Our teams are ready and willing to step up and increase our capacity, but we just need to know exactly how many doses we're getting beyond week four. She said they had failed to inform her government exactly how many doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine the state would receive, which, of course, is obviously crucial to the state's plan to administer. That's why information sharing is key, and I appreciate uh, the federal government's job is far more complex in having to roll out the vaccine nationally. Ours is just New South Wales. Uh, and the only point we make is the data sharing is really important for us moving forward. And we're Then on Wednesday, she again complained about a lack of information about which aged care facilities had received the Pfizer vaccine from the Commonwealth. The state was also concerned that private contractors to the federal government were only vaccinating residents in aged care when the state understood that staff would also be vaccinated at the same time. And it would help us enormously if we knew which aged care facilities had received the vaccine. Um, It would really assist us just in terms of our own planning projections and also whether the staff at those aged care facilities had received the vaccine. Um, Moreover... um, the federal government announced that they were bringing the Defence Force in to help with the rollout, and the states only discovered this after it appeared in the media. So Berejiklian was cranky. My understanding is that other states are cranky too. As Berejiklian put it, you know, if, if the governments were all to play as one team in the rollout, they needed to make sure that they were sharing information when it was available with each other. And, you know, there, there's a number of instances now where that hasn't happened. So given... All of this, Mike, does it look likely that we actually are going to be able to make the the government's stated timeline of having the population of Australia vaccinated by October? Well, I spoke to Karen Price, who's the president of the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners, and she she told me quite bluntly that it wasn't going to happen. Uh, That would mean we have to get everyone done who's eligible first dose by July, which is, that's not possible. She said that... Her understanding was informed by what the government's own top health advisers had told her last week when she specifically asked them about the feasibility of, of Morrison's publicly announced target. Tell me, tell me the question you asked and tell me the answer you got. The answer I got was that um, October deadline um, is more a ministerial declaration. So um, because the, now the AstraZeneca is going to be 12 weeks, it makes it pretty possible to get everyone... They, they just told her that that was what she called a, quote, ministerial declaration rather than a realistic goal. We'll be back after this. The City of London in Andrew Hagen's latest novel is crumbling. But don't mistake this for pessimism. Instead, the author insists it's a necessary process for a better future. Change doesn't just happen because it's time for a change. Change has to be forced. We live in the end not in countries that are settled places. They're just imagined communities. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's Read This, I sit down with Andrew O'Hagan to discuss his latest Caledonian Road. 
Listen wherever you get your podcasts. As a 7am listener, you're already familiar with many of the journalists who work for The Saturday Paper. For a limited time, subscribe to Australia's leading independent news source, The Saturday Paper, and you'll receive The Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. Mike, we've been talking about the problems in being able to distribute the vaccine efficiently, but there is this other problem, and that's to do with people actually going out and getting vaccinated. And a big challenge around that is misinformation about the vaccine, right? So what can you tell me about that? Well, um, obviously we know that there's there's a lot of uh, stuff going around on social media. What we're going to talk about is this new scam, uh, a government scam. Now, there are those who think it is uh, not a scam. And what is the scam? Uh, it's called a pandemic scam. It's an evil plan by Bill Gates to make money or it's going to put little microchips in us to track us. What he's saying is absolute uh, propaganda and, and the same kind of propaganda that he's perpetrated to kill millions since 1984. Or, you know, it will make us infertile or any number of other crazy untruths are, are out there. The door is Bill Gates! It's Fauci! And, and I might add, it's not just social media. Clive Palmer, billionaire miner, has been running full-page ads in some Australian newspapers, I think The Australian, the Murdoch paper, and I think possibly also the West Australian, full of factual inaccuracies, according to the, the medical regulator, the Therapeutic Goods Administration. So how concerned should we be about misinformation, Mike? Is it something that actually threatens the rollout? Well... A high level of, of vaccine hesitancy, is the way they describe it, has been detected in the community, and that is a challenge. Um, but, but when you break down the numbers, there's maybe a quarter of the population that has concerns, but there's only about 7% of people who are really seriously opposed, you know, the, the anti-vaxxer brigade. A lot of those other people are not people believing in conspiracy theories. They're people with practical and reasonable concerns. You know, they're, they're women who are thinking of getting pregnant or are pregnant or are breastfeeding and they're worried about the effect the vaccine might have. There are other people who just think, well, this is very new and they worry about the extent to which the trials have been adequate. They're, they're things like that that, that are, are not crazy conspiracy theories. They're, they're rational and they're persuadable. Mm. You know, they're, they're, these people can be reached if you go about it the right way. So it's less about misinformation, Mike, and more about a lack of information. Yeah, that, that's right. The thing that it underlines here is that facts are important. You know, people are persuadable. They need to be made confident, which is why some of these early missteps are damaging. And, and people don't need the impression that things are chaotic. That undermines the rollout. They need to think that things are organised and they need to be told when and where they can do their part. Okay, and that comes back to the main issue here, Mike, which is that the rollout does seem vulnerable and at risk of of seeming chaotic. It's behind schedule. There have been a few missteps along the way and there's this big communication problem. And all of this is a worry because the stakes here are very high. There is a very real impact on all of our lives. Can you tell me about that? Well, that's right. I mean, if the rollout does proceed more slowly, 
it will likely have significant consequences in terms of, you know, border closures and the, the various other public health precautions that we're all aware of that, you know, we've had to take in, you know, in relation to crowds and masks and all that sort of stuff. And we've been seesawing in and out of short lockdowns in a number of major cities. All of these things are likely to continue to happen until we complete the vaccine rollout. And of course, the big one is reopening our international borders, which is currently planned for mid-June. So if it takes months longer, which it looks like several months longer, than the government is telling us, well, that just means that all these other precautions have to be taken for months longer. And we are fortunate, obviously, in this country, but nonetheless, other countries are much further ahead of us in terms of vaccinating their populations. The UK has given the first dose to more than 30% of its population. The US, which um, had Trump until quite recently, nonetheless, it's at 25% first doses. Israel has around 40% of its population fully vaccinated, both doses. So Australia's coped very well so far, in part due to luck and due to geography, but also, I think, because we had political will to listen to the experts and we had a cohesive population that agreed, by and large, to cooperate with the recommendations and the health measures. And if we're to maintain our good fortune, we will need an awful lot of, of what has been somewhat lacking in the initial stages of the rollout, and that's clear communication. This will have to be the year of clear communication if we are to fulfil the promise of our first year. You know, our first year is very good. If the second year is very good, we've got to start communicating what the next steps are. And so far, I think that hasn't been done as well as it might. Mike, thanks for your time today. Thank you. From the Saturday paper comes The Food, a free weekly newsletter featuring curated recipes from some of the country's leading chefs, including Andrew McConnell, Otama Carey, David Moyle and Karen Martini. Cook what they cook by subscribing today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Also in the news today... The Victorian Premier, Daniel Andrews, is in intensive care in hospital after suffering damage to his vertebrae and ribs. Andrews fell over at his home while getting ready for work this morning. He said he was extremely grateful to the Ambulance Victoria paramedics who attended him and would provide an update later in the week. And testing has shown a second strong result of COVID-19 within Adelaide's wastewater. A spokesperson for SA Health said that at this stage, there is no clear explanation for the result. It comes as the state recorded two new infections on Tuesday, both returned travellers in hotel quarantine. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow. Well, hey, it's me. I'm finally going to get my vaccine. I'm so excited. 
I've been waiting a while. I'm old enough to get it, and I'm smart enough to get it. So I'm very happy that I'm going to get my Moderna shot today. And I wanted to tell everybody, I think you should get out there and do it too. I even changed one of my songs to fit the occasion. It goes, <clears throat> vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. Because once you're dead, then that's a bit too late. <laughs> I know I'm trying to be funny now, but I'm dead serious about the vaccine.